Hello, my lovies. Are you a mom who has a child with autism who could use more peace and ease, supportive connection, and tender loving care in your life? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Compassion Confetti for Autism Moms, the podcast. Take a listen as we share wisdom and experiences related to the unique ups and downs of an autism caregiver. I hope to provide you with the resources that will help you meet your needs as you manage what is possibly a loud, messy, and beautiful life. I'm your host, Colette Evangelista. Let's open our hearts, turn on our ears, and get to listening. Hello, my lovies. Welcome back to another episode of Compassion Confetti for Autism Moms. I almost forgot what the heck my podcast name was. It's been a minute. Sorry, I didn't have a pod last week. A little bit of a catch up on what's been happening with me. I know in our last episode, we talked about my 50th birthday party, which I have to say was a smashing success. It exceeded all of my expectations. I went down to Louisville to spend my 50th birthday with my twin sister, and we had a big party at a brewery that had lots of libations and dancing and surprises. And then after the brewery, it moved on to a drag show, which was very fun. And at the end of our brewery stint, I could have gone home and said it was the funnest night of my life. And then we went to the drag show. So my levies, drag shows I know can be polarizing. Some people love them. Some people hate them. I have to say it was all in good fun. The highlight was Miley Cyrus's uh, party in the USA where everybody was rocking. And we all had on light up crowns and what I like to call interpretive dance ribbons, which we waved about in total glory in celebration that made for quite the evening. But what ended up happening was after a fun full weekend, I came back and I was exhausted. And the funniest thing was, I mean, truly, my birthday could not have been better. It was amazing, amazing, amazing. And then for the next three days, I proceeded to sleep. And on Wednesday, three full days after my birthday, I woke up at nine in the morning. I fell back asleep at 9.30, woke up at 3.30, was up for two hours, fell asleep at 5.30, woke up at 7.30, went back to bed at 10.30 and slept until nine the next morning. So I call my doctor and I'm like, there's two things that are happening. One, I have COVID or two, I'm having a... This is a symptom of an early heart attack for women, extreme fatigue, one of the two. So my doctor's like, you need to come in and get an EKG. We just need to make sure that you're okay. Because I was literally sleeping for like days upon days. So I'm like, okay. So I go into the doctor and I get an EKG and he's like, well, here is the diagnosis. And I'm like, okay, give it to me, doctor. He's like, you're old. (laughs) So... I couldn't record a pod last week because I was literally so exhausted. I I barely stayed awake. And apparently it's because I'm so old. But I live life with a lot of enthusiasm. It just took a lot out of me. It's okay. I just took a little bit longer to bounce back. But I'm super glad that I'm here with you guys again. I have missed you. As you can see, I'm here by myself today. I do not have somebody that I'm interviewing with. What I wanted to do today was start with really delving a little bit deeper into one of the components of self-compassion. We've talked a lot about self-compassion and we know that self-kindness, mindfulness, and a sense of community are a big part of self-compassion. And so 
self-kindness is one of the most important things I think that there is to try to implement more into your life. It's something that really drew me to self-compassion. I want to I delve a little bit deeper into it with you today. So before we get started, I just want to remind you, I am not a doctor. I'm not like a super professional on all of this. I'm just somebody who really believes in self-compassion and all the different things it can bring to our lives. And I want to share that information with you. And as we continue this journey over the course of the next months and years and lifetimes, you know, we're constantly going to be growing and learning. And I will share everything that I learned with you on that. So, but just a reminder, I'm not a doctor. I just want to try to give you some tools and some insight and some wisdom into how we can help bring a little bit more softness and kindness and tenderness into our lives. So basically what we're going to talk about is one of the chapters from Kristen Neff's book, Self-Compassion, The Proven Power for Being Kind to Yourself. So this is her chapter on self-kindness that I've read numerous times, and I kind of wanted to give you a 30-foot view of it so you can really get a good foundation of well, what self-kindness is, what it can do for us, how it can help us. And then I actually have a very easy practice that I want to share with you that you can implement at any time. I love to implement this at the beginning of the day. I love to implement this practice at the end of the day. And I love to implement this practice when I am facing a challenging time. Because remember, one of the best things about self-compassion is that we can't change the hard. Hard is always going to be a part of our lives. As autism caregivers, we have fear, we have overwhelm, we have burnout, we have anxiety. There's so many challenging issues that we deal with. Worry, concern, watching our children literally hurt themselves, you know, you know, struggle and suffer all of the things that we take on. And self-compassion is not making these things, we're not trying to make these things better. What we're trying to do is treat ourselves with as much loving and kindness as we can when we're having these challenging times. We're soothing ourselves when we're in the hurt and when we're in the fear. And so that's just, you know, going to be a part of our journey. We're going to really try to integrate a lot of these beliefs and a lot of these practices and a lot of this wisdom into our lives so that we can soothe that hurt and feel safe and feel loved and feel supported because that is what we all want in life. One of the biggest things. So let's get started with that. Like I said, we're going to be basing it off of Kristen Neff's book and people, my lovies, do not forget Kristen Neff is actually an autism mom. She's like the Brene Brown of self-compassion. What Brene Brown is to vulnerability, Kristen Neff is to self-compassion. And she's an autism mom. Her son has autism. And it's so fantastic that she is our leader. I love it. But let's get started. Okay, so the basics of self-compassion is about offering yourself the kindness and understanding versus judgment and criticism, right? We want to meet our mistakes and imperfections with a gentleness versus condemning ourselves and those thoughts and actions that are part of who we are and how we respond to our life and how we respond to our situations and how we respond to our emotions. Life can be big. Life can be messy. And we want to, again, respond to this with gentleness, not with condemnation. When we can see the harm of self-criticism, and we can go about setting an intention of dissolving it and dissolving that internal war within our hearts and heads with self-compassion. There are so many fantastic things to gain. And it's not just about stopping that self-criticism. It's about actively comforting ourselves at times 
when hurt and fear and overwhelm are getting the best of us. It's in our face. It's there. It's, it's a part of our reality in that moment. And it's about, let's not be unkind. Let's soothe ourselves. Let's comfort ourselves. Let's not be critical at this point in time. Let's meet ourselves with warmth and support and tenderness and love. It's treating yourself with the same compassion and worth as you would for anyone that you cherish in your life, right? We deserve to be cherished. And one of the best places to get that is from ourselves. It is like an infinite source. If we can intentionally access that and nurture that part of ourselves, it is an infinite source of support and love when we can work on the self-compassion tools and intentions. Again, the self-compassion practice is about calming and soothing our hurt heart or our troubled minds. Once we can give the internal war within ourselves a peace offering, we can create a safe, supportive space where trust and healing and rest can occur. Doesn't that sound amazing? I love that. I love that. That's why the 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 self-compassion practice for me, I just find it so valuable. All those things. All those things in review. Doesn't that sound great? Okay. Let's talk a little bit about the science and evolution of self-kindness. Because believe it or not, how we treat ourselves, how we talk to ourselves, how we respond to ourselves within situations, with emotions, it can directly impact our heart and our minds and our bodies. So all humans are built and wired to give and receive care. All of us, every one of us. And people within the autism community are familiar with the concept of fight or flight, right? Fight or flight is that, oh my gosh, we're always on high alert. We're always on high fear, anxiety, you know, doing everything we can to try to take care of our kids on the spectrum, keep everyone at status quo, keep everyone balanced. So we're always in this fight or flight, right? It's an instinct for survival. It's an actual instinct. But... We also, on the other side of that, have something called the tend and befriend side. It's a mammalian property. It's a property of being a mammal. Not only is there fight or flight for survival, which is an instinct, but there's also the tend and befriend. And this tend and befriend is where, within the self-compassion practice and the self-kindness practice, we want to start leaning toward and nurturing and building and growing and strengthening right? So mammals actually spend a ton of time nurturing and caring for their offspring to make sure that they feel safe and warm and well-fed. And this is so that this instinct for them to take care of them is going to continue the evolution that their offspring will move on, but also so the offspring doesn't wander off. They stay with their parents. They stay connected because they feel safe and warm, right? So this tend and befriend is this wonderful relationship where, you know, you both parties are flourishing and being nurtured because of and feeling safe and warm and cared for and protected. And that's a part of who we are in terms of evolution. And I think that's awesome. I am ready to roll around in that part of myself and explore that as much as possible. So anyway, so this, this emotion of care comes very naturally to us. It is an interconnection and affection that is biologically driven. Now, a lot of us in the autism community, because of how chaotic and loud and crazy our lives can be, beautiful too, right? Lots of love and lots of laughter and lots of beauty too, but it can be crazy and we can become lost in this ability to give and receive loving care for ourselves because we're so outwardly focused that we can lose this this tend and befriend that can be directed on ourselves. 
But because it's a biological part of who we are, we can reset this button and we can take this part of ourselves and really nurture it and make it grow and blossom. And, you know, again, reap all the benefits of tending to that part of ourselves, which is a deep ingrained part of who we are. When we give ourselves that nurturing and understanding, we open up space to allow the feelings of being worthy of care and acceptance. So when we start to practice these things, how we got lost because of that outward, you know, focus for other people, like the more that we practice this for ourselves, the more that we're going to create space for it and the more we're going to benefit from that. Okay, guys, we're going to switch into, we talked a little bit about evolution in terms of the mammalian instincts, but let's talk a little bit more about the scientific side of self-kindness. When we soothe our pain, we actually, once we tap into that mammalian instinct of tend and befriend, we can actually stimulate the production of oxytocin, which is the feel-good hormone. Do you want to hear all the good things that oxytocin does? You're not going to believe this. This is the best. Let's get as much oxytocin into our lives as we can. Oxytocin will increase feelings of trust, calm, safety, and compassion. It increases your ability to feel more warmth and compassion towards yourself, which in turn reduces fear, blood pressure, and cortisol levels. Now, self-criticism does the opposite. It increases your cortisol level and can actually aggravate or create depression by literally depleting neurotransmitters that are involved in experiencing pleasure. So it's basically like stealing the beauty of life from you right? Self-criticism, stealing the beauty of life from you by compromising the neurotransmitters that help you feel the joy and the pleasure in life. That's why we want to do as much oxytocin in our lives as possible. I'm, I wish they sold it in the drugstore. So basically we can alter our bodies and our minds based on how we treat ourselves. So being warm and tender creates calm, trust, security, and connectedness. And because we feel safe, we no longer respond with the challenges and painful experiences with fear. Isn't that great? Because we have this foundation of, of warmth and love and kindness. So fear really is undermined because we feel great and we feel safe and we trust ourselves. And in this space, we are then actually able to move forward with confidence to face whatever life brings us or whatever we choose to pursue. I just think that's so lovely to introduce a practice of self-kindness as much as possible to really, again, nurture yourself, create spaces for tenderness and love and support, which is what we all need and crave and deserve and are worthy of. And so we're going to talk a little bit about a specific practice. Okay. We're not going to get, none of this podcast today is going to be super challenging or mind boggling. So we're going to do a very easy practice and it is simply the hug practice, right? Everyone knows that hugs are used as an exchange of warmth and affection. They're also used to offer soothing comfort. So what are we going to do, my friends? We are going to hug ourselves. Now, okay, I know you may think this feels awkward or silly, but you know what? Your body and your soul and your heart does not know any difference. We're just going to revel in the goodies that this hug is going to provide. So physical touch actually releases oxytocin, the hormone that spreads the love to your nervous system and your heart center. So this hug practice can look like, it can look like anything you want. It can, you can do it whenever you want. Like I said, I do it in the morning. I do it at night when I'm going to bed. I do it whenever I feel particularly overly emotional or overwhelmed, but it can be done at any time. You can 
do it, you know, as exaggerated as you want, as deep as you want, as long as you want, or you can totally do it on the DL when people are, you know, may not even notice. But you can, you know, obviously give a traditional hug by wrapping your arms around yourself. You can gently touch your face. You can stroke your arm. You can rock. You can, if you're not comfortable with an actual physical touch, you can imagine giving yourself a hug. Any type of touch or embrace will make the suffering or discomfort be more bearable by softening it. So it's just offering yourself some type of caress, some type of hug, so that that suffering and discomfort is softened and becomes more bearable. Now, what is really cool about this too, when you practice this, is that it's very powerful because one, you're the one hurting, but you're also taking the power to be the one to soothe and comfort. So you're, you've got both roles, but think about that, giving yourself the power to soothe and comfort in that moment. And we now know that when we meet anything that is difficult or any of our hard, any of our challenges with self-compassion and more, suddenly some of these difficult things in this overwhelm aren't as challenging anymore. So I just want to leave you with that. I hope that my lovies will practice that. And as today passes and tomorrow and the weeks and the months pass, you start thinking about self-kindness and how you can introduce it into your life and how it can positively benefit you. It is such a gift that you can give yourself and set an intention you know, if you forget some days, that's fine. If you remember other days, that's great too. But again, it's just a practice. Try to bring in that gentle touch. Try to bring in those hugs and try to remember, instead of being self-critical, to offer yourself kindness and understanding and warmth and tenderness because you deserve it. And that can be with a crest, that can be with talk, that can be with the different choices you make with intentions in terms of rest and eating and all those different things. But today, I just want to give you kind of a baseline of what self-kindness means, what it looks like in terms of evolution, scientifically, how it can impact us, both in a positive and negative way. So take from today what you will, but I will send you as much love as I possibly can. I want nothing but good things for you. And as I always say, I give you a big hard hug from here in my closet because that's where I'm recording. And until next week, may all good things come to you because we deserve them because we're awesome. So, all right, my lovies, go forth and sprinkle compassion confetti all over your life. May so many beautiful things become of it. To connect more, find me at Compassion Confetti on Instagram and Compassion Confetti for Autism Moms on Facebook. Check out www.compassionconfetti.com for more information on my teaching and speaking, working together one-on-one, and all of the podcast episodes. And toss some confetti at your friends and loved ones. Even if you tell one person about this podcast and that person feels more love and less alone, we have nailed it. Finally, feel free to bury me in confetti by leaving a rating or review anywhere where you listen to your podcasts. Sending a big hard hug until we meet again. Take good care.